The Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. This series is an in-depth, through-the-Bible exploration with a focus on what the scriptures teach about the source and nature of authority. Before we join Pastor Greg for the start of the next sermon in the study, let me invite you to visit us on the web. The website address is www.shiarjashub.org. Now, let's go into the Sunday message. With the death of Solomon, we are quickly approaching uh, the end of the Old Testament part of our study on heavenly authority, at which point we'll move forward then to what I hope to be an enriching exploration of what the New Testament instructs us on the topic of heavenly authority. But there's a few things we have to close up first in the Old. And we're going to look now at 1 Kings chapter 11. We ended off last time, verse 26. Then Solomon's servant, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite from Zeredah, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also rebelled against the king. And this is what caused him to rebel against the king. Remember, we read about Hadad, we read about reason, but now here comes the most formidable foe to Solomon, is Jeroboam. And this is what caused him to rebel against the king. Solomon had built Milo and repaired the damages to the city of David, his father. Now, Milo is a fortification or a citadel near Jerusalem. It's one of Solomon's many expansion projects. And there is a lot of tension going on here in Israel, even though they're secure, even though they've been at peace, even though they've become a kingdom that the other nations are in awe of, of the glory of this golden age of Israel. All the building projects of Solomon all the building is creating a burden upon the people, a tax burden, a labor burden, uh, so that when he goes astray, when God brings judgment on him, there is a foundation that has been laid for people to rebel. You know, sometimes uh, if there's a certain spirit, there's cooperation. But other times, uh, if the Lord holds back his hand, there's a lot of resentment. And so there is grounds for resentment in Israel because there's been a lot of labor forces. Many believe that the labor is conscripted, drafted, where the people are, are brought in for the different tribes to work on these projects. And obviously Judah is the center where Jerusalem and Solomon are reigning from. So you always have the other tribes the tendency to be a little jealous, to feel they're being used. Like employees many times will feel at a job 
boy, there goes the boss. He's making me do this. He's making me do that. Here you have this labor force uh, for all these building projects that can tend to be a little resentful. And the Lord will use that to bring the punishment he has declared to Solomon in the day of Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And Rehoboam will act as unwise as a manager can act when he's faced with the confrontation with all this labor force that's really upset by the taxes and by the work that they have to do. So it starts, the first mention here of the rebellion is about Milo, this fortification. Probably it was originally part of the fortification of the Jebusite city that David captured, and it was still in disrepair, and it had to be fixed up. The man Jeroboam was, verse 28, the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing that the young man was industrious, made him the officer over all the labor force of the house of Joseph. So again, we have a good start, right? We had a good start with Saul. We had a good start with David. We had a good start with Solomon. And here you have a good start with Jeroboam. He's a mighty man of valor, right? And he's a good worker. He's an industrious man. He's hardworking. He's an Ephraimite. Remember Ephraim and Manasseh, the two sons of Joseph? They have a double portion, two tribes coming from the one. So it makes sense that when Solomon promotes him, he puts him over the labor force that has come out of Joseph because he's a kinsman, he's an Ephraimite. It's a good key also when you speak about authority, how to get more responsibility, how to get more authority. Be good at what you do, be industrious. Sometimes employees have the attitude, well, I just deserve that promotion. I just deserve to have this given to me or that done for me. Even a miserable boss likes when he has a good worker because that good worker means money for him. It means efficiency for him. So even if it's not out of the kindness of his heart, just out of common sense, he will promote somebody that's industrious. Here Jeroboam receives a good position because he's industrious. He's trustworthy. He works hard. Even as Joseph, God raises them up to positions because they are faithful in the little things. And really that goes over with the New Testament too, right? When we're faithful with the little, God gives us the much. But you can't receive authority and responsibility if you're not industrious. There's no such thing as lazy authority. It doesn't work in the world's way and it doesn't work in the Lord's way. He's an industrious man. He's an Ephraimite. And he's put over this, this labor force, very possibly conscripted or drafted labor force. If you look back at 1 Kings chapter 5, uh, verse 13, it says, Then Solomon raised up a labor force out of all Israel, and the labor force was 30,000 men. A lot of men for that day to do these projects. If you go ahead to 1 Kings chapter 9, and verse 15, and this is the reason for the labor force which King Solomon raised to build a house of the Lord, 
the temple, right? His own house, the millow, we just discussed that, the wall of Jerusalem, right? Hazor, Hazor is a military outpost on the northernmost part, the northern part of Palestine. Uh, Megiddo, Megiddo is a walled city in the Mount Carmel range. And Giza, Giza is uh, west of Jerusalem, another fortification. So really, the labor is going to build a temple, the king's house, and then to rebuild the walls or to build the walls of Jerusalem and to rebuild all these fortresses, these key points in Israel for military strength, which was a good thing for, for protection of Israel. Not trivial projects, but it required a lot of labor. It requires a lot of money. Verse 29 of 1 Kings chapter 11. Now it happened at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite from Shiloh, met him on the way and he had clothed himself with a new garment and the two were alone in the field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces and said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to you. But he, Solomon, shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the people of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do what is right in my eyes and keep my statutes and my judgments as did his father David. However, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand because I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and give it to you ten tribes. And to his son I will give one tribe, that my servant David may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen for myself to put my name there. So I will take you and you shall reign over all your heart desires and you shall be king over Israel. I'll stop there. Ahijah, a prophet from Shiloh. Shiloh is a city in the territory of Ephraim. We know all about Shiloh, right? The place to whom it belongs. The first place, Joseph, given the right of the firstborn son, Reuben loses the right. He gets the double portion. It's to his tribe that the tabernacle goes and belongs until we have the fall of Shiloh. We have the sin of Eli and his sons. We have the ark being moved out. We have the time of Samuel, and then you have all the development. You go from Ephraim down to Benjamin with the time of Saul, and then down to the border. What's on the border of Benjamin and Judah? Jerusalem. 
actually, technically, Jerusalem was allotted to Benjamin. And the, uh, the boundary of Judah goes right up to the, like where the walls of Jerusalem would be. But Jerusalem obviously gets associated and assimilated into Judah as it becomes the city of David. But now Solomon has sinned. And God just can't keep moving around the place for the ark, right? And he has said the one place, and there's been great authority and word given, this is the place that I have chosen for my name, Jerusalem. It is the chosen city. It will always be the chosen city. We're not going to replay Shiloh again and just keep you know, destroying them and moving it around. When they go into apostasy, yeah, Jerusalem can fall. But they will always come back, and Jerusalem will always be the center. We have to break from the message at this point. If you would like to listen to the program again or other radio broadcasts in our archive, you can join us on the Internet at www.shiarjashub.org. You'll also find info on our church, including our church history and articles of faith. There's even a biography on Pastor Greg which we are sure you'll enjoy. And Pastor will be adding insightful commentaries on the scriptures, current events, and creation science. The address again is www.shiarjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. Thank you for joining us for today's message, and we look forward to being with you next time as we study God's holy word on Shi'ar Jashub.